if it's real I want it if it's not for me I don't want it I want what you gave them back in that day God I want the same spirit that raised Jesus from the grave I believe this thing come to me and I'll give you rest I'm going to say Jesus I need the healing Jesus I need you to pick my step and walk and Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. Hello everyone and welcome to the Upper Room Studios. This is the Road Home Podcast. We're going to talk about the question that we always talk about the question of what is superstition. And this is the fourth time of us recording this episode. Yes. So... Uh, we hope that we can be some kind of uh, encouragement and uh, give you some information and perhaps you know you will be uh, informed uh, on this little subject we have on superstition but as always we get def- we go and we have a definition so what is the definition of the word superstition the definition of the word superstition is a belief or practice resulting from ignorance, fear of the unknown, trust in magic or chance, or a false conception of causation. So, it's it's spooky. Yeah. It's very spooky. Throughout time, people have held to these small little things that have been things they do things they want to make sure that bad spirits don't bother them or good fortune comes to them and they've held these beliefs that if they do certain things or if they don't do certain things or if they say certain words that this will somehow bring them good fortune or ward off bad spirits or something like that and in this throughout history there's been various different times of people types of people that have uh they have been practitioners of such things uh we as christians should not be bound to such things right the reason is is because that it is connected and we will prove this to you as as we go on it's connected to the worship of idols and false gods and we will get to that further down the road but as we go forward just know that we have our our purpose here is to show you that you as a christian should not ever be involved with superstition or even have that in your daily life. So as we move forward here, uh, we're going to go to the Bible. That's a good place to go. That's a great place and, to start. And 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 we've uh, we've been we've been on a journey here trying to get this together because this is an important topic. You know what I'm saying? Because we're we live in this world. The struggle is to not be of this world, but we do live in this world. So, as Christians, as spirit-filled believers, we are called to be different. But in our in our effort to be different, sometimes uh, we have to come in complete and total opposition to what the world calls normal. Now, this is uh, no different than what the the early church came against, and what they had to deal with was uh, all the idol worship, idolatry they went through. Uh, as you know, we read about the book of Acts, all the things that they had to come against, idols on every hand, in Ephesus and Thessalonica and all the different places where there were churches, but there were also idols. Even while Jesus was here on earth and he was walking with his disciples, everywhere that he went, there was some kind of idol worship going on. The Pool of Bethesda, 
um, Caesarea Philippi, whenever Jesus said, upon this rock, I'll build my church, he was right directly in a place where they worshiped the God Pan. Mm. Right in that place, he, they were worshiping the God Pan. And so Jesus said, I'm going to build my church upon this rock. So he was coming in defiance again, and he said, the gates of hell, or Hades is what the actual word is, shall not prevail against it. So all that is, it, we go back to the first commandment, you know, no other gods before me. No other gods before me. So let's go to the book of Acts, chapter 17, and starting with verse 16. Now, while Paul waited for them at Athens, and what he was doing, he was waiting for his brethren to get there. It said, while he waited at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him when he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. Therefore, disputed he in the synagogue with the Jews and with devout persons and in the market daily with them that met with him. So he's going to the local churches and telling them about idolatry. Why would he have to do that? Because in there, these people who believe in one God, somehow they had got mixed up with all this craziness, this idolatry that was so prevalent where they were in Athens. Now, Athens was the, the capital city of Greece. So it was like the main hub of all this stuff. And we can get into that in a minute. And I think Jed has a few things on that. But this city was wholly given to idolatry. Verse 17, therefore, he disputed, disputed he in the synagogue... Therefore disputed he in the synagogue with the Jews and with the devout persons and in the market daily with them that met with him. Then certain philosophers, the Epicureans, and of the Stoics encountered him, and some said, what will this babbler say? Others some he, other some, he seemeth to be a setter forth of strange gods because he preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection. So before we move on, can we let's talk about these guys real quick. So uh, you know what a philosopher is? A philosopher is someone who has a love of learning, a love of just new things, a love of thought, a love of ideas. They like to talk about these things. These philosophers... The dictionary says it's a person who seeks wisdom or enlightenment. Yeah, so they've got, a, there's constant you know, search for something. Studying. Yeah, they like to study about not just facts, but ideas. Mm -hmm. So, like, there's been famous philosophers like Plato and Aristotle, different, and most of them were in Greek, Greece. So, throughout time, philosophy has been, you know, there's even some colleges that's, all they study is philosophy. Most people have their majors in philosophy, which is not always wrong, but it can lead to some wrong thinking. The Epicureans that it talks about here in verse 18, the Epicureans were a group of people who believed that there were three criteria for truth. They believed that everything that was truth had to meet these three criteria, and that was this. The first one was sensations. So whatever you're sensing was truth. And the second one was preconception. So whatever I conceived about a subject or about a thing to begin with, or like my just my what I judge it to be, that was truth. And their feelings. So they went off their feelings and they went off their preconceptions and their sensations. So if they felt bad about something, it was bad. If they felt good about something, it was good. Whatever made them feel good was fine. So they were like, you know, oh, if I want this, 
uh, and I'll steal it. If it feels good to steal something, I'll just do it because that makes me feel good. Oh, if I if it makes me feel good to smack my brother when I get mad at him, it must be right. So everything they did was based upon their feelings, which that's totally against the word of God. It sounds and, like a lot what's going on today. Exactly. So there's like they're led by their own yeah. flesh, you know, which is not the way Christians should live for yeah. sure. The second group of people is the Stoics. And the Stoics believe that virtue is sufficient for happiness. And what that means is positivity, if you have a positive mindset, Mm -hmm. it equals a positive outcome. So uh, if you wake up one day and you stump your toe, just think positive. Everything will be fine. If you, you, uh, you know, you get sick, just think positive. Everything will be fine. You'll get better because you're thinking positive. In the same respect, they believe that if you thought negative, negative things would happen to you. So it's all about just you are in control of your life, and everything mm-hmm. you do is is you know based upon it. it was total superstition. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it was in fear of oh, if I think negative, negative things will happen. So you have to keep a positive attitude the whole time. That's just not that's not beneficial to anybody. That's not the way the world works, and it's not not the way that life works at all. all right. So like okay, this is the people that Paul was going to go talk to. And they were actually, they weren't stupid people. They weren't ignorant. They, they were pretty smart people because they, you know, in Greece, they had the schools, but they were so confused about spiritual things. Like they, they knew about mathematics and all these different things that, you know, we, we talk about today. But the spiritual things they were so confused on because of their philosophy and their mythology that they had, their idolatry, really. What do you, do you you've done a little study on mythology and a few like could you name just like talk about some of the the beliefs that they had sir in greece at that time that paul was there okay well a lot of the greek and roman gods they were they were the same gods but they had different names so like you got zeus and jupiter that's the king of the gods poseidon neptune god of the sea hades pluto god of the underworld uh aries mars the god of war yeah um most of them like most of their gods lived in, uh, I think it was Olympus, and there was twelve main gods, but there was uh, the thirteenth one, which was Hades. Yeah. So they had thirteen main gods that they prayed to and did oh. stuff for. That would be confusing. Yeah. So like, okay, for instance, you thought we just talked about Hades. Like right. Hades was. That's where we get the word. The Greek word for hell is Hades. Right. So like but he's we, their devil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he's like yeah. The, he's like the most evil. So, like, you know, some of you have seen the movie Hercules, and yeah. it depicts some of that stuff. And you know, a little cartoon. No, actually, that all it can be. Disney got it wrong with all that. Yeah. Stuff. So, it, like, you you look at all that, and you're saying, oh, you know, it's just a no. When Jesus said, "Upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of Hades mm-hmm. shall not prevail against it," he was not talking about the place hell. He was talking about the deity the identity yeah. of a spirit of a uh of an idol that these people were in fear of they were respectful mm-hmm. to that because yeah like you said there was mm-hmm. one of and they're like you know we've talked about this before where the like the mythology will cross over because like even in like the norse gods you got like thor and odin right. and then with the greeks you have apollo and what's the other one uh, zeus yeah so there's a connection to all this stuff, and the reason that is is because it's it's false gods, it's idolatry, and it's been all ever since the Tower of Babel. And you can 
we can get into that some other time. But that ever since the time that men were worshiping all the hosts of heaven and all these things, when the sons of God came down, you know, the angels, fallen angels came and began to move in the earth and do their their thing to cause evil to come on. And that's why the flood came. And that's right. why Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed. All these things that happened is because of these fallen angels. I mean, Lucifer himself was a fallen angel that came and manifested himself in a serpent. And that's how we got in the shape we're in. And in their culture, they believe that the gods can come down, have children with people, and then that's how you get, like, Hercules, a, a demigod. Yeah. yeah. So, which is what we would call a Nephilim. Right. Yeah. So, that, like, where we're talking about... I don't about, have a clue what you guys are talking about. <laughs> well, a Nephilim, what a Nephilim is, is an offspring of a human and a fallen angel. Okay. So, like, the giants in... Not people that has giantism today, that's a disease, that's a mutation of a gene, but... Actual the giants because we don't have like eighteen foot people right. walking around or nine foot yeah. giants walking. Goliath was a nephilim. He was the offspring of and because their generations were messed up and we could, that's a whole can of worms in yeah. itself. But in that, these things were evil, mm-hmm. and that's why all in the Old Testament most most people when they read the Old Testament they say, "Oh, God was killing all these people and He was so angry and He was killing." Most of it, what he was killing, what he what was being destroyed, and what the armies were destroying, was fallen angels. They were not actual uh, people with souls who had redeemable bodies. And I'm not saying that people have done. No, these are these are the offspring of satanic beings mm-hmm. that they don't exist at this moment in time. And it just shows you how little power they had that they could be destroyed by water. Exactly, that they could just be drowned in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we we could get into all that conversation. That would be something else, but that wouldn't be beneficial at the moment. But right. just to let you know, there the things that you see, like that Hollywood would uh, depict on the screen and say, "Hey, these are gods," or "These are no, they are fallen angels who came down and manifested themselves to people who made idols to them and worshipped them." And in return, they began to fear them mm-hmm. and to respect them. And so, like, if you've got Poseidon, like you mentioned, Poseidon was the god of the, what, the sea? The sea, yeah. Okay, Poseidon was the god of the sea. N- Neptune. It's the same. Yeah, same, same thing. Yeah. So, all the all the lore and folklore and legends and things that's connected to those mm-hmm. gods, mm-hmm. little g, it brought fear upon people. Okay, if I want to go and have a, a safe fa- a safe Sea journey. You pray I, to Poseidon. I, I pray to did. Poseidon. I say, bless me, Poseidon. <laughs> or, or, or or whatever part of the world I'm in. Neptune, I'm good. Or if I need, you know, I think Apollo was the sun god or whatever. Well, I, I can't remember all of the rest of them. But they they would, if they wanted a good harvest, they prayed to this one. If they wanted to uh, have a, a, a fruitful family, they would pray to this one. Or they would bring sacrifices. And that's what the whole New Testament is about. Not giving sacrifices to idols, or mm-hmm. not eating sacrifices that were given out, because they would take the meat that was in their markets, and when they would take it and they would sacrifice it to these idols, and then they would go and sell it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that's what one of the things was not to pray to, uh, or not to eat food that had been sacrificed to these false gods. All of that being said, maybe that's a little a little more in extensive than we probably should go into. Our superstition. Let's go back to the. In that day, they had superstitions based upon some of this stuff. So can we, let's step into that, and let's talk about a few of those. A lot of them are like, okay, if you sneeze, people are talking about you. (laughs) 
Um, never leave a, never leave the same door you came in. No, always leave from the same door you entered. Sorry. And that's a that's a even when it's kind of in this day. Yeah. Um, if you gift a wallet, it has to be full because it's almost. If you give someone an empty wallet, you're cursing them. Wow. Um, if you uh, spell coffee, it's good luck. Hmm. Uh, if you get if someone spits on you, it's good luck. If uh, somebody wants to give me a full wallet, um, <laughs> yeah, we won't yeah. think of it. Nothing to do with it. Uh, Greek it's, mythology and stuff like it's that. It's not bad luck or whatever. So, if a bird poops on you, it's good luck. No, I don't they, want none they of had that. Some crazy stuff. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Never give a friend a knife. Okay. So you always have to you set it on the table, walk away, and then they can go pick it. Now, up. see, I know that one because people uh, over, especially older people, if. You say I need a I need a knife to cut something with. Somebody will hand you one, and they if they hand it to you closed, mm-hmm. it's bad luck according to them that if I ha- I open it up and then I hand it back to them, always close the knife. Don't ever hand it to them with it open because that's bad luck. You know, just stuff like that. Those are superstitions that have their origin in this ancient Greek, and we could go into all that. But today we have a few. Like superstitions that are connected to just traditions that have caught caught up, and it's it also can be traced back to some of this stuff. So Billy has a few of those. Can you give us a few of those? <clears throat> yeah, a lot of a lot of the superstitions of today, uh, they do date back a long ways. <clears throat> going out all of them to you know certain specific uh, uh, people, but I've compiled a list of six of them, and uh, there's a lot of them. Trust me, when you get to searching them out, there's a lot of them, but. The six that I found, I think, pertains to uh, to us, and, and I'm sure some of us have done this. So number number six, um, when I was little, we used to say, uh, step on a crack and you break your mother's back, <laughs> and had no idea what that meant. True, uh, come to find out, it's a superstition involving something cracked or uh, broken being associated with bad luck. Stepping on a crack is foretelling and causing harm to family members because it's the, they, the cracks... Uh, might invite or release unwelcome spirits into the world ready to do harm. Hmm. So as a as an elementary school student, I never knew that. Wow. Uh, the next one I've got is rabbit foot. Hmm. Now, rabbit foot, I think uh, a lot of people have had these on their keychains and whatnot. But uh, thousands of years ago, people in Western Europe were toting around the foot of a hare, the rabbit's uh, larger relative, and uh, because they believed that the limb was... in endued with magical properties so uh the belief that the rabbit's foot could be charmed and therefore help one lead a charmed life began as an offshoot of the totemism this is the belief in spiritual connection between human and other living beings dates back thousands of years ago a tribe that considered itself descended from hares or rabbits, worshipped the animals, and carried parts of them for luck. Wow. The foot was particularly lucky. It was a phallic symbol, a totem that represented not only good fortune, but also fertility and a bountiful harvest. So uh, that's that's one of them. Uh, and that's that's where the totem poles and things come yeah, from. Is, yeah. Because, you know, you see, like, especially like, like West yeah. and, the, like, the Native it, American. It wasn't just uh, carved out for no reason. It was right. carved out for a certain reason. It's idol worship. Uh, so Black Cat. Uh, we all know about the black cats, and you see one come. It says, uh, though black cats have often been associated with good luck rather than its opposite, and were even worshipped as gods in ancient Egypt, things took a turn for the worse for our dark-colored feline friends. Sometimes around the Dark Ages, when in 1232 A.D., uh, Pope Gregory the 
something or another, declared <laughs> them an in- incarnation of Satan, according to People magazine. This is this is worldly stuff now. Yeah, this yeah. is not. Things only went downhill for black cats from there, with people of the Middle Ages burning them in bonfires on holy days, like Shrove Tuesday, the first Sunday of Lent, and even Easter, and with the Puritans in America connecting them to the practice of witchcraft. Also, the color black has long been associated with evil and death, which didn't help matters for our fiery friends who had the misfortune of being born with the color of night. Wow. So, there's nothing superstitious about a black cat. They just happen to be born Poor little black kitties. fur. So, Poor uh, knock on wood is another one that we, I think, a lot of us have said. Knocking on wood, the actual origins and even meanings of the phrase are varied as the cultures which use it, with some suggesting roots in the Indo-European or Celtic belief that the spirits, good and bad, resided in trees who could be either called upon for protection or chased away by knocking on their home, and others, particularly Christians, linking the practice to the magical power of the wooden crucifix. Mm. Most likely among the different theories, historians have attributed the superstition to a 19th century British game, children's game called Tiggy Touchwood, in which young players claimed immunity by from being tagged by touching the nearest piece of wood. So adults picked up on the habit and the phrase, the British still say touchwood today, and the rest is history. Yeah, I think I've actually heard people say touchwood. Yeah. So uh, I've got I've got two more here. Uh, horseshoe. Mm. Now, now I know a lot of people have put horseshoes, you know, everywhere, yeah. pretty much. There's there's it's a twofold meaning, and I'm not going to read the one meaning because it's it's uh, pretty graphic. The second meaning, the most famous story of the horseshoe bringing good luck, however, refers to the story of Saint Dunstan, who apparently worked as a blacksmith prior to attaining sainthood. The story goes that one day the devil rode into Dunstan's shop requesting new shoes for his horse. Dunstan, recognizing the devil, played it off nonchalantly and rather than nailing the shoes to the horse, nailed one to the devil's foot instead. In agony, the devil agreed never to enter a house with a horseshoe nailed above the door if Dunstan was simply agreed to remove the shoe. Mm. So now, this brings us to the the last one here is Friday the 13th. And, uh, you know, I thought, you know, there was a lot of them, but they said this is the most popular superstition of the whole world. So the most superstition, Friday the 13th, I know that everybody, when they see Friday the 13th, oh, no, it's going to be a bad Bad day. Bad luck, bad day. So this brings us to the number one that's common in, in all of the world. Like the number seven for the Romans' magical significance has been attached to the number 13, but this time it's unlucky rather than lucky. The number 12 has frequently been seen as positive, 12 months of the year, 12 signs of the Zodiac, for example, 12 days of Christmas, 12 tribes of Israel, naturally making it nearest neighboring number to the north negative. Like other superstitions surrounding the Last Supper, the 13th is also seen as unlucky because once again, the great betrayer Judas Iscariot was the Mm. 13th member of the dinner party that led to the Christ crucifixion. Mm. So in addition... uh, it also on Friday the thirteenth, King Philip of the Fourth of France arrested and put to death hundreds of Templar knights. So, but most likely attributed to the thirteenth number because of Judas Iscariot. Yeah. So. So they used bad luck. Yep. And like, okay, you get on an elevator today, and you usually find the thirteenth has been omitted from the buttons. Let me tell you, everybody, <laughs> there's still a thirteenth floor. <laughs> yeah. Just because they didn't put thirteen on the buttons. 
There is still <laughs> if you are staying on the 14th floor of the hotel, you're on 14. According to the buttons, you are on the 13th floor. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Whether you want to believe it, believe it or not, yeah. it's just a number and just a day of the week. Yeah. yeah. And there's hundreds more. I mean, from throwing yeah. salt over your hey, shoulder. There's under a ladder, walking under a ladder, you broke a mirror. You broke a mirror. Yeah. Nine nine years luck or seven years bad luck, whatever it is. Yeah. So superstition. There's. I mean. It has deep history, as we've yep. kind of laid out here. And there's a lot more here, and you can go find a lot of this out there. Next next time, we're going to get into the whole why you shouldn't be involved in some of this stuff. Because you probably are into some of this stuff. Uh, which is no shame to you, but, you know, we don't need to be ignorant to some of this stuff. Right. So we worship one God, and he is full of love, and we don't have to be afraid of him. We love him, and we want to serve him with all our heart, and he will take care of us without luck and without all this stuff. He wants to bless us. So this is this has been good. So yeah. we're, we've, we hope we've laid something out here that's been beneficial to you. So join us next time for part two of what we're going to bring out in Superstition. All right. As always, we'd like to thank everybody for watching. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Uh, on YouTube, you search The Road Home Podcast, CGA Church. Instagram is The Road Home underscore podcast. And if you have any questions, uh, any comments, any questionable comments, you can uh, email us at the Road Home Podcast at yahoo.com. Until next time. We'll see you a little further down the road.